On today's episode of Chalk Talk, we're joined by Coach Adam Hughes, who's located actually just down the road from us here in Massachusetts at Canton High School. We're super excited to be talking with him today. Our focus is going to be on athletics. We spent uh, a whole episode talking with Coach Hughes a few months ago now, talking about physical education. If you want to check that one out, that's linked in the description, and you can go listen to that if you're more interested to the PE side of things. Coach Hughes was just getting back with his athletes when we had that conversation. So we thought we'd circle back around, revisit it on this episode of Chalk Talk. So we'll go ahead and get started. This is Chalk Talk presented by Platform. Let's go. Awesome. Like I said, at the start of the episode, we are joined by coach Adam Hughes, who is at Canton high school. Um, we've done a number of different webinars, podcasts, articles that coach Hughes has written himself, uh, featuring all the good work that's going on from both the physical education and athletics perspective in, uh, and at Canton high school and in Canton physical education, athletics, which is awesome. So coach Hughes, thanks for joining us on another episode. It's good to have you as a somewhat recurring guest at this point. Yep. Happy to be here. Pumped to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Excited to uh, talk a little bit about what we're doing here. Absolutely. So like I mentioned last time, we talked a lot about what you're doing from a uh, PE perspective. And again, check that episode out. If you haven't talked a lot about what you're doing actually in your gymnasium with the stations that you have available. Um, and that's what you're doing with your PE students. You were just starting to be able to get back in with your athletes and your student athletes that were looking to do some strength and conditioning outside of that typical, you know, PE structure and time. So that's what we're going to focus in on today. Um, and I think probably first, it's, it would be helpful to just set up the context that we were briefly talking about before we went on on air and talking a little bit more about, you know, what the structure looks like, how many kids you can have in there, um, what the format's like and, and all of those different things and how you've set it up. And then we'll kind of dive into what it actually feels like when you get into the weight room with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when, when we talked last, we were still doing workouts outside and we were bringing all the equipment outside so that we could be in open air and we were doing things um, in a more, a spacious environment um, and obviously with the turn of the weather and then the allowance of winter sports we were very fortunate after winter break to actually be able to get back in the weight room um, and start working in there and it started out kind of slow but I think that was actually kind of a good thing um, in terms of like numbers per session um, I think for the first couple of weeks we didn't have any more than like six kids per session so it actually worked out really well uh, where we had one kid for every single rack and they didn't have to move. They didn't have to really go anywhere. They were just kind of at home in their own space right there. Uh, workouts were about 30 minutes long each. Uh, and then we had some transition time between each session um, for kids to leave and the new kids to arrive for their session. Um, the max number that we uh, you know, look at is, is 10 um, and not really reaching beyond that. Um, since we started, the time frame on the workouts has actually grown a little bit. We went from 30 minutes um, up to 45. Um, and we've been still hovering around like that six to eight athlete range. We don't really get many more than that in any one session. Um, but there's typically somewhere between 10 and 15 sessions offered a week. Nice. So 10 to 15 sessions where kids can get in, um, they can sign up in advance so that you know who's coming on any given session and sort of be prepared for the numbers and everything else like that. Uh, you mentioned in describing that, that you went from 30 minutes to 45 minutes. What kind of 
was that change in it? Because I think it makes sense, like you, you said, starting small, starting with smaller groups and also just a tight time window. So you weren't, you know, in these big, long, dragged out sessions with small groups. 30 minutes sounds like it makes sense. What led you to kind of move it up to 45 minutes with those with those groups? Yeah, just having the the level of confidence and comfortability within the kids who were coming in and training and them essentially clamoring for a little bit more, um, being able to incorporate things like plyometric work and performance-based work, um, which I talked about in an article that I actually uh, had written for you all, um, I think over a year ago now. But you know, doing things like that in addition to just the strength training component um, so that we're able to like really target more of the whole athlete now. Sure. Um, and, and also, you know, gearing towards a, an opportunity to where we might actually be able to have a, a testing period um, at, at the end of this before we hit April break. Uh, it was kind of a perfect window and it was like, all right, let's really take this and grow it and make it, um, you know, a little bit more extensive in terms of the work we're doing and it opened up the door for kids to be able to incorporate more things into their workout um, so the kid who was typically doing like one major lift in a day and then some auxiliary things in a 30-minute workout now they're able to incorporate um, you know like a squat a clean some auxiliary movements plyometric work core work um, flexibility work, injury prevention work. Now they can incorporate all of those things into one workout. And just that 15 minute window made a huge difference in being able to do that. Right. That's awesome. Because I think, like you said, I think everybody wants to go back to what they were doing pre COVID and say like, well, we always did three days a week for an hour long. And that's just not, you know, an option in most scenarios and having to be able to say like, what is the way we can maximize efficiency? And I think sometimes as coaches, we're like, well, you know, kids were used to this and kids were used to that. Like even just starting with something, a lot of them are just going to appreciate that they have it at all and really kind of like make the most out of their time. And then you can grow from there. Like you guys did to sort of continue to expand and develop that kind of full athlete perspective, um, which is awesome. Did you have anything to add to that? Yeah. You know, I, I had the opportunity to watch a, um, it was just like a, a video session on, um, on YouTube a little while back. And it was talking about this context of the hundred percent rule versus the 80% rule and how most people really want to, when they put something out there, they want it to be the 100%, like the best it can absolutely be. And they spend so much time trying to figure out what the 100% is that they don't actually really get to ever implement it. Mm -hmm. But that if you just focus on getting to the 80% and you put it out there and you say, let's start here and see what happens. You may not ever get to the 100%. You may stay at 80. You may increase to 90. Um, you may grow. And I think that's kind of where it started. It was like, hey, let's try this. Let's see where it's at. You know, we had roughly about a, a group of 20-ish kids um, before February break that were coming on a consistent basis, um, not all at once, but in, in separate sessions throughout a week. And that was kind of like the starting point of like, all right, let's see how this works. You know, we can have upwards of 10 kids. We're getting about six to eight um, for a half hour. Let's see how it works. And it worked great. And it was awesome. It was like, all right, now how do we take this and how do we grow it a little bit so that it continues to challenge our athletes and continues to um, keep them engaged, keep them interested and keep them involved so that they want to keep coming back. They want to keep signing up and they feel like they're really getting the most out of what they're doing. 
Right. I like that approach a lot. Just being able to know something sometimes is better than nothing. And I think a lot of us have started to shift to that approach, especially with COVID, you know, myself included, it was like, I'm used to five, six days of coaching a week for swimming. And right now we have three days and you know what, let's start there instead of throwing our hands up and saying, we shouldn't do anything unless we have five or six, let's start with that two or three, make the most out of it and then grow it. I, I like that perspective. So are there kids, and you, you talked about maybe itching for more and everything else like that, that say, all right, well, Coach Hughes, I can only really get in for two sessions a week, like, you know, and I want to be doing some stuff on my own. Are, are there anybody like that? Is, is there anybody like that kind of coming and saying, what else can I be doing? Or I can't make it to a lot of stuff when it's at the high school, but I still want to be doing something at home. Are you still having to juggle that group of kids as well? Um, are you finding people that are looking for stuff that's not just in kind of like that, those sessions that you're making available? So not overly, it's the kids who are involved and who are coming. So our group has grown now from like that 20 number a week to we're upwards of like 30 ish kids um, who are coming to any one particular session. And that might be, you know, this kid comes for three sessions and that kid comes for one session. Um, Irregardless, I tell them all the time, like if you want to see true growth and you want to see real improvement, find ways to do things on your own. Anyways, find ways to engage yourself outside of here find ways to lock into what you can do to be a better athlete and i give them access to the programs the speed and agility program i give them access to a conditioning program that i designed um, and put into platform and just tell them you know obviously right now we're in a place where there's there was snow on the ground like we can't go out and condition uh fall two is happening our football team is on the football field we can't go run wind sprints we can't go do um you know the conditioning aspects or the agility aspects that we would normally do on the turf because it's occupied right now it's also freezing cold and (laughs) nobody wants to go out and do that so right um you know just telling them you know if you have a nice day if it's you know 50 or 60 degrees it's not you know windy and you want to get outside you want to do something go click on this program and i really impress upon them you know that's why we ultimately went with platform from the start um five years ago now is like it gave kids the opportunity that if they couldn't be here they still had something right at their palm that was high quality and effective that they could utilize and know they were going to benefit from um and the amount of kids that have come back to sessions and be like hey I, i couldn't um i'm sorry i couldn't come last week but i did go to my gym over the weekend or i have a home gym at home um, that I, you know, I use when I'm there and I really, you know, maximize that if I can't make the sessions, like I had a senior, uh, two weeks ago say, Hey, I, I'm not going to be able to make it, but I do have some stuff at home and I'm going to like try to do as much as I can off right. of the workouts with what I've got. So they are utilizing that. And it's not even a direct conversation where I'm having to tell them to do it. It's just, they're actively seeking to do it on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good point in terms of kind of that supplemental nature. Like you even made mention of like you using the platform speed and agility program, like here's something that's available. Here's an option. You've created some stuff in there. Like, you know, here's another opportunity. Here's another Avenue. And just like you said, almost filling in the cracks, like some kids might never touch it and that's totally okay. Some kids might take advantage of it one or two times a week because they couldn't, you know, get in or anything else like that. And then there's everybody in between, but I think we've talked about it on past episodes and we've talked about it, you know, it's not like we're talking about a collegiate level program that has the kids underneath their kind of thumbs, you know, three days a week, four days a week, and knows exactly when they're going to do it. There's just so many different what ifs and all these moving parts that come at the middle school and high school level that, you know, sticking to a rigid schedule is nearly impossible sometimes and creating some of those areas to open up can go a really long way. For example, I had, you know, uh, someone who basically was 
now out for two weeks because they have to quarantine because of exposure and everything else like that. And she reached out to me saying, hey, you know, I'm signed up for platform. Is there anything specifically I should be looking in here for? Um, and, and that type of stuff, I think, starts to really lend itself to, you know, kids, especially the ones that are the, the athletic mindset and, and looking to kind of take that next step are kind of hungry for it, you know, and that's where we can kind of give them those different places where they can explore and, and expand. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even so much like I, when I approached this and I thought about, okay, getting kids back in the weight room, but it's going to be way diminished in the numbers. You know, typically you're looking at 30 to 35 kids at a session where you're like, it's packed. It's like kids are moving around. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of stuff that's happening. Um, there's a lot of involvement. And then you're, you know, in the breadth of a day, you're looking at 200 plus athletes coming through the door. Um, and at first I was like, you know, having only like four to six kids in at a time is like, mm, like, am I really, are, are we going to get the benefit out of it that we need? Um, and what I've actually found is the opportunity that it's lent to really specifically offer feedback directly to each individual athlete in the room yeah. is unbelievable. Um, the amount of form corrections and the amount of like direct one-on-one -on -one attention um, for each individual athlete in every single session has now increased infinitely. And those kids are now benefiting greatly from that. And they're becoming more competent and confident in what they're doing quicker. Right, right. Yeah, so and I think there, great. and I think there is those kind of silver linings, right? Like everybody loves the high energy 30 person weight room. And, and like, there's this huge benefits to those types of things. But, you know, as kids do start to return, we're not going to have those, you know, volume and numbers for a while, you know, and, and that's just kind of like, part of part of the the new world in which we live in but there are some opportunities like you said to be able to improve especially understanding a lot of these kids for a year now haven't really gotten that hands-on feedback and now all of a sudden you have this great opportunity to be like you know you haven't you, you've been at home just sort of having to figure it out on your own and now you have you know some real good one-on-one -on -one attention throughout these sessions that that's pretty awesome yeah it's been great i mean the amount of just like i said corrections to things like um you know valgus knee cave on a squat or like clean form and, and teaching kids all the fundamental aspects of it to right. where i'm not i'm not hurrying trying to get this kid a couple of quick pointers so that i can get to this kid and give them a couple of quick pointers it's like i can really latch on to correcting that kid's form even if it's hey do this this and this and have like a genuine conversation with them about it and explain it in really great detail and then I still have time to get to the person on the next platform and be able to help them sure. uh, in the same magnitude. And it, that's been a really big thing that stood out in my mind is like less kind of is more here. And it's been really beneficial for the kids who are there. Um, of course, like you said, we'd love to see the 30 to 40 kids in the room at a time. Like that's, those are high energy days and those are fun days. And, uh, but you know, if we're not getting that, you know, let's maximize what, what we do have access to. Let's throw the 80% out there. Let's let that 80% start us somewhere and then let's grow it uh, with the hopes of growing it to that 100% at some point um, you know, down the road. Sure. And, uh, and I think that's really paid off big. And I tell the kids all the time, you know, right now we've got a max number of kids we can have at each session. When we fill all of them, I'll add more sessions. Yeah. And a lot more kids to come. So, um, you know, 10 to 12, maybe upwards of 15 sessions a week. And you get, you know, three sessions at max for each kid. 
know, if you had 30 kids who showed up, then if they showed up for all three, then let's, let's grow that and let's make it, you know, 15 sessions. So that way we get 45 kids and then let's grow it to 20. So we get 60 kids across the week. And the more we can incorporate and involve opportunity for kids to show up, I think it's more about the opportunity more so than it is about like the, is it actually the the big room? Is it actually the, the right. way it used to be? Like, let's just prov- provide that opportunity. Let's make right. that opportunity. Absolutely. And you're opening a door. And like you said, if more kids decide and, and want to and can start showing up, you're you're going to find a way to kind of make that work and make more sessions or anything else like that. So I think great takeaways for someone who might hear this and say, well, I got 80 kids that are trying to show up versus 30 or anywhere in between. You know, we're making it work within the context that it is. And, you know, I, I think that's awesome. So we, we've we've talked at that high level, I think, you know, from what it feels like, how you've expanded it from a time frame and everything else like that. But obviously there's always just a few questions about logistics and, and, you know, what it actually looks like with, you know, bringing kids into a weight room and doing it safely. So talk to us a little bit about, you, you've already mentioned that each kid sort of had their own designated area, their own designated station, if you will. Um, what are some of the other just kind of typical protocols that you're following that, you know, it you found to work, be it, entering the room, leaving the room, cleaning things up, wiping things down, you know, just what are some of those steps you're taking? Cause obviously that's, you know, a, a big factor in just about every, every place we're, we're talking to now as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so I'll start with just conversations with my athletic director and talking to, talking to him and, and our athletic trainer and the board of health and figuring out, you know, what's really the best approach here. So um, first and foremost, we ask kids to register. Um, if they don't register, then they don't get the link to sign up. So that's just one layer of like, if you're really interested here, um, and if you know, that way doesn't open the door for just anybody to show up. Sure. Um, uh, in addition to that, we actually have an athletics um, screen that kids fill out every day before they show up. I have to fill it out too as the coach. And that's like another layer of protection um, that gets reviewed daily by our athletic trainer to see, you know, who's there. Um, you know, are they coming back off of being out? Do they need to go back through the protocol um, to return to play or return to train? Um, you know, so there's some extra layers in there. Uh, we have cleaning spray at every single rack and every single station, basically anywhere that the kids could be at. There's enough spray and enough paper towels to wipe stuff down immediately. And that's just a constant conversation every single day. Um, staying in tune with the custodial staff, the maintenance staff about going in and spraying and fogging and doing things on their end um, on a weekly or, or bi-weekly basis to help us out there. And then when we're like gone for a break, so when we were gone over February break, they did like a thorough deep clean of the room um, and every component and, and just continuing to tap into every channel to help clean and, and to help keep things safe. Kids obviously have to wear a mask when they're in the room at all times. Um, we have two big garage doors on our weight room, which is nice. So if it's nice enough, it's not too windy. I can take the doors all the way up. Uh, but even on the days where it's, you know, a little colder, a little windier, uh, I can move the doors a portion of the way up just to get some airflow and then keep the front door open. So that way the air is just constantly moving through the room. Um, we have a big air handler in the room that pushes air in and out as nice. well. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of things going on in the room that are really helping to contribute to keep us, keep us there. Yeah. Uh, that's, and the kids are a big part of that too. The kids being diligent to fill out that screener, to fill out, you know, the forms they need to, uh, and just taking care of themselves, you know, making sure that they stay healthy. And the amount of kids that have said to me, Hey, you know, I, 
I'm in quarantine, you know, for the next 14 days and I'm not going to be able to make my sessions or, Hey, I might've had a potential exposure. So I'm not going to come to my session until I know, or until I'm cleared. And like just the, the level of accountability and ownership on their part has been really impressive. Nice. Um, and it's been a really big contributing factor to us staying in the room. For sure. I think two, two takeaways from, from that, that I hear is one, like the layers that you have, you know, obviously no one's expecting people to be able to do this on their own. Like I think, relying on admins, trainers, nursing staff, all the different groups to sort of make sure that, Hey, I'm not just making this decision on my own. It's kind of a group effort. And we know that, you know, we're checking the right boxes. I found that to be really helpful, you know, with my school as well, just knowing, you know, we we're, we're kind of double checking on a few different fronts. And I think that goes a long way. And then, you know, back to that 80% rule, as you do get kind of into the mix of things, you start to figure out like, you know what, I need to be a little bit more diligent with this, or I just have to remind kids a little extra of that. Um, knowing that, you know, we're not going to be 100% perfect and and things are going to come up like a kid, not knowing if they should be quarantined or not. And things like that, same thing, you know, that I've experienced. And it's great to hear is like, I've had kids too. It's just like, Hey, I'm not sure if I should be quarantined or not. So I'm not going to come until I figure it out with the doctor and the nurse and everybody else like that. I think there's a, a heightened sense of accountability and kids are actually really owning and, and taking that step, which is awesome to see. And not just juniors and seniors, but freshmen and sophomores and everybody that kind of knows they're, they're in it together and, and want to do what's best for not only themselves, their families, but you know, the other kids and, and coaches and teachers they're coming into contact with. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, you know, just tying in all the, the components and people who really matter, like at the end of the week. So at the end of the day today, I'm going to send the attendance report from the entire week over to our nursing staff so that they have it. So I just keep a, a running form and it's um, the last two weeks. So they always have access to the previous two weeks attendance to review in case they need it. Nice. Um, and that and it's section, you know, athlete name. Um, which sessions they came to at which specific times they came. So that way they can see exactly who was in, uh, in that session. If something were to arise, you know, knock on wood, nothing's came up. But, yeah. Um, you know, if something were to arise, they could notify those people as opposed to notifying a big group of people that it may or may not impact. Um, so that was, that was a, another layer there to just kind of help keep everybody, you know, safe and keep everybody um, in a good spot. So. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. And so I think a great conversation and, and good to hear some of the insights and experiences you've had some kind of key takeaways. You know, I always like to wrap up with the what's next question um, in terms of anything that you've learned over the last few months that you're now going to start to think about. Obviously, you mentioned there was some snow on the ground. And another knock on wood is that Massachusetts starts to melt most of that off because I think we're all ready for this uh, somewhat long winter to be over. Um, what comes next for you guys just in terms of like, this is what we've learned up to this point. And now we're going to kind of like finish this out for the rest of the school year and, and make sure we're kind of you know, bringing our best foot forward. Yeah, I think it's multi-layered. I think it's uh, from a top-down approach. It's, you know, myself having conversations constantly with our athletic director, our trainer, and our nurses just to see, like, what we're capable of doing. Like, are we able to grow the numbers in, in each session? Are we not? If we are, to how much? Right. Um, are we doing a good job with filling out the pre-screen before each session? If we're not, where do we need to improve? And having those conversations at a top level um, from, like, a structural standpoint at my level is, is just analyzing are the athletes really maximizing what they're doing in the room are we taking each opportunity and allowing athletes that moment to really tap in and be better um, than when they walked in the door 
So that's like an on me type of thing. And that's, that's what I look at. And yeah. so far, you know, moving from the 30 to 45 minutes has been huge. It's been great. It's like I said, it's allowed athletes to really um, get deeper into their training. Um, and then from like a lower level, myself and the athletes working together, it's just about constantly taking care of each other by taking care of ourselves and constantly, you know, just being diligent, making sure we're doing the right things, you know, when in doubt, do without, you know, if you're ever in doubt, just stay home. Yep. There's always another day. We'll always have another day to train. We'll always have another day to be able to do this stuff. So you, know, you missing one day or you missing one week is not going to like break the bank. We'll be okay. Um, and I think it's just constantly about having those conversations. You know, one, one big reason of, you know, advancing things is getting input from the kids and saying, Hey, what do you, like, how's this working for you? How's this? And they'll be really honest with, you You know, they'll say, it's great. I think we could do this and it would make it better. And then it's something for me to think about. It might not be the exact suggestion, but if we can find ways to incorporate that in some way, then, then great. And it's just about looking at it over time of how are things progressing and how are we able to stay within the confines and the structure provided to us, you know, on a daily basis, even not even like a weekly, a monthly or sure. a phased basis, just like each day, like what are we capable of and how do we take what we're capable of and make it work? You know, right. uh, if my athletic director walked in my room right now and said, Hey, I need you to cut the sessions down to two kids a session. I would say, okay, like we'll make it work. Like, well, I'll run 40 sessions a week if I have to, to make it work. But, you know, it's just finding a way to be adaptable and, and finding a way to make it really work so that it ultimately comes back to how is it best benefiting safety and how is it best benefiting the kids. Awesome. Awesome. And I think that's a perfect place to stop, you know, in, in that stamp you put on it and benefiting the safety and the kids. I think those go in twofold and are the driving factors in any of the decisions we're making. Um, like you said, it's multi-layered. It, it comes from a few different places to continue that. But I think, you know, this podcast and this conversation has illuminated a lot of ways that you're doing it at Canton and a lot of ways that coaches can be considering it, um, especially when they're saying to themselves, I have some student athletes that are itching to do it. And there's some creative ways that we can get kids in, um, you know, not in this typical structure of maybe an athletic PE class or a standard kind of health and wellness physical education class that obviously, you know, different schools are able to take advantage of as well. So all those different kind of layers to juggle, but um, appreciate you joining us, Coach Hughes. It's always nice to have you on. Uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll be able to maybe come down and make a visit at some point um, once things start to clear up, probably not in the next couple of months, but sometime, you know, within the next couple of years, we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me so much. I appreciate it. It's always great to talk to you all. And, um, you know, for all you out there who are on the job daily, just keep working at it. Just Keep putting your 80% out there and keep letting that guide you to ultimately work towards, you know, a higher percentage each day. You know, you got to start somewhere. And once you start, it's just about growth from that point forward. So, um, you know, just thanks again. Awesome. Yep. And that's a, that's a great point and an awesome place to close. So I don't have anything else uh, insightful that I can add over that. Cause I think that's, that's the perfect cherry, but what I will say, like I did at the beginning is encourage you to check out some of the other stuff with coach Hughes. Cause you know, past just being a strength and conditioning coach that we focused in on that hat that he wears, you know, and, and what he's doing in that doing a lot of other great stuff in PE and other, you know, facets of the school, as we know, uh, and many, many folks in roles like, 
coach use and, and our listeners are wearing a lot of different hats and, you know, have different conversations around what works best for different students. So check out those other conversations, those other articles, we'll be sure to link those out. And of, of course, if you have other questions or you want to hear us talk about something in particular, you know, let us know. We want to make this as engaging and dynamic for you as possible. So we'll close there. Thanks again for listening. And remember at Platform, it's always in pursuit of better.